Here's a message from Ken Lavica. The Dolphins, um, okay. The 49ers really did that? Where did the Bears come from? And the Packers? <laughs> oh, the Packers, you are in so much trouble. Night one of the NFL draft did not disappoint. Coquel! Hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. That was some hot draft action last night. How do we sort it all out? There is so much to get to. What are the takeaways from night one of the NFL draft? Ken Levick alive. I'm that guy. He's Chris Coquel, And we come to you from the Phillips Point Studios. The Anajar and Levine Action and Attorney Studios. Phillips Point Towers, downtown West Palm Beach, right off the Intracoastal. Well, Coquel, we waited and waited and waited. And then finally, 8 o'clock Eastern time uh, came last night. After a couple of hours of Aaron Rodgers madness, and boy, are we going to talk some Aaron Rodgers later, we finally got around to the Jacksonville Jaguars taking all 10 minutes to tell us that Trevor Lawrence was going to be their number one overall pick, which was wildly annoying. And then the action started. if, If Abercrombie and Fitch was a quarterback, it would be Zach Wilson. I mean, that guy is a porcelain doll. That's the type of thing that you buy in a store and you tell your kids to stay away from it. I mean, his complexion is perfect. His hair is perfect. And he is going to get eaten the hell up in New York. My God. That picture of him in the suit in the hotel window, it was like a men's warehouse commercial. I mean, he is straight out of a catalog. It truly is incredible. Like The day that we perfect cloning on this planet, he's going to be... The uh, the model. He is going to be what every clone is based off of. How about all those lame pictures he showed yesterday of him lifting weights and him with his suit and tie? As a Dolphins fan, it is going to give me life to see them pass rush the hell out of him and take him to the ground. Like He's just got the face of a quarterback that I want to see driven into the turf. So thank you, Jets, for doing that. I, I very much appreciate it. I, I was looking for a reason to not like him, and his face. <laughs> his, his face? face is the reason You're going to go with his why face. I don't like him. Oh, man. Uh, so The Zach Daddy. The Zach, is that what he's going with? Is that what you're going with? Uh, for now. I want a Justin Fields. Oh, man. It's so I good. I want a Justin Fields forever. How the hell did the Chicago Bears get Justin Fields? How did the Bears who took Mitchell Trubisky, Ryan Pace, GM, took Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes, signed Andy Dalton this year as a free agent, and then immediately told the social media team to embarrassingly tweet out QB1 as if that was some sort of trophy to hoist into the air. How did the Bears get a pass? After all, football karma should have buried them, and instead they get Justin Fields placed at their door, in a wicker basket, saying, take me in, take me in and raise me. How did that happen? What a night for the Bears. What a win that was They become a winner in our, you know, every show in America right now is (laughs) who won, who lost. They're in the winner category by doing nothing. 
All right. By just by just saying, oh, we're yeah. the best quarterback, the second best quarterback, tied for Trevor Lawrence's whole life is available to us. Sure, I guess we'll take him. They just sat there twiddling thumbs, picking noses all night, and then all of a sudden, there's Justin Fields <laughs> right there for you. All right, let's open them up. We want your draft takeaways. What were your biggest takeaways from uh, night one of the NFL draft? What surprised you? What was good? What was bad? What was meh? 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. Whether it's your team, someone else's team, just a team, a player, a college, what are your biggest takeaways from NFL Draft Night 1? We're keeping it simple on this Friday. 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. I'm going to dig in first here on the Dolphins. Uh, Jalen Waddell is an exceptional football player. The college game day portion of ESPN's draft coverage last night, Nick Saban said that Jalen Waddell is the quickest to come out of a break and accelerate of any receiver he's ever seen. That's high praise from Nick Saban. Chris Greer, Dolphins general manager, says that, hey, Jalen Waddell was the top receiver on our board. Not Jamar Chase, but Jalen Waddell. So, in theory, the Dolphins got what they wanted at Six, I, though, am conflicted because I can't help but go back to the Dolphins sitting pretty with the number three overall pick where Kyle Pitts would have been, trading back to 12 where potentially Devontae Smith would have been, and then giving up an additional first-round pick to go back to six and get a slot receiver. I know Jalen Waddell is dynamic. I know that Jalen Waddell is explosive. Just an exceptional football player. And it's truly unfortunate that the lasting memory of his college career is the kickoff return injury, the broken ankle, the high ankle sprain against Tennessee, and then him with the three catches hobbling off the field at Hard Rock Stadium in the national championship game. I'm excited that Tua has someone that can beat defenses underneath. Well, he can't reach over the top, so it's good to have people underneath. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, And here's the thing, though. The sixth overall pick tends to be reserved for the receiver who can go over the top, the guy who can run the fly route, the guy who's going to be a deep threat. That's not Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle is the run a slant, catch it in stride, try and run, run 35 yards after the catch. So that's great. That's dynamic, and it's an awesome weapon. But is that better at six than what Kyle Pitts would have been at three? I, I just, I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around the fact that the Dolphins traded out of the first, uh, out of the top 10, and then traded back into the top 10 for a slot receiver. So and I hope it works, and it's going to help Tua, but. Is this a long-term, wow, this guy's really going to contribute five, six years from now where the number six pick should be? you got to look at it as Waddle and whoever they take with that pick next year, are they better than having Pitts? And we won't really know the outcome to this trade till then, right? Because they got an extra one. Out of all the madness that took place, when it's all said and done, they went from Pitts to Waddle and that extra draft pick. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough because you want, you, you want immediate satisfaction. 
And I'm not going to let myself do that, though, and just blindly praise Chris Greer. And he said all the right things last night. Hey, this was the receiver at the top of our board. We weren't surprised at all. He checked all the boxes. Did he say that? I'm not sure. sure A lot of of boxes got checked last night. Let me just tell you that. Boxes always get checked on draft night. Even boxes you you didn't think were going to be checked, they get checked. Um, So, But a slot receiver at six overall, couldn't the Dolphins have gotten Elijah Moore tonight? In the early second round, he would have been an outstanding slot receiver. He is an outstanding talent. Hell, I still think the Dolphins should get weird with it and try and get Elijah Moore tonight. Let's just let's just go for it. Let's just set up an offense now where you've got Devontae Parker going over the top and then you've got small, fast, tough guys underneath. All right, fine. Let's go for it. What I'm actually more... Uh, excited about for the Dolphins from last night is Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips is an absolute monster. This is a guy who ran a a high-end 440 at his pro day. This is a guy who was told he had to quit football because of neck injuries and decided, I'm going to go to Miami, and I'm going to give this a chance after UCLA said I couldn't play And Miami, and credit to Manny Diaz, credit to that staff, they built him into a flat-out beast. His body transformation from the day he walked on campus in Coral Gables to what he left his final game at Hard Rock Stadium, I mean, they made him into an absolute mutant. I think that Jalen Phillips is going to be a star. Do I know about his longevity? I don't know. That's dicey. The medicals, a bit concerning. But, if I can get three good seasons out of Jalen Phillips and I can make Zach Wilson's life hell, if I can make Josh Allen's life hell, if I can make Mac Jones' life hell, then I'm fine with it. I like Jalen Phillips to me, and this is my one saving grace for the Dolphins from last night, is both of these guys, Jalen Waddle and Jalen Phillips, are day one ready. They can play week one 2021 and contribute immediately for this Dolphins team. So am I over the moon for what the Dolphins did, especially at six, taking a slot receiver? No. Am I okay with it? Sure. Does it make me feel better that I'm going to see them week one? Absolutely. What are your biggest takeaways from the NFL draft night one? 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. So you're upset, not upset, you're have some hesitance about them taking a slot I'm tempered. Receiver. I'm tempering my expectations. Penny Sewell was still there. Mm-hmm. He, was. he went next to the Lions, right? He went seven. Would yeah. you have been felt better if the Dolphins went with the tackle in that spot? You want to know why I would have? Because they were going to take the top player at that position with the number six overall pick. I think Penny Sewell has, of any player picked in the top ten, the best chance to, down the road, be a Hall of Fame player. Is it sexy? No. Is it necessary? Absolutely. Is his family gigantic? Oh, my God. I mean, Samoans are just the the completely biggest people on the planet. It is truly incredible. Uh, I love the fact. I, I, I love Penny Sewell taking up half of his couch and then two other family members taking up the rest of the couch, wearing, which was a big couch. Wearing the black boas, too. Uh, right, exactly. In the floral print, I love Samoans because they're so big, but they always love to wear the floral print. Uh, they're, they're, they're great. And how about the fact that he tweeted, and you know Pizza Hut's going to jump on this. He's a smart man. 
In the photo that he tweeted, hey, when there were big nights in our household in American Samoa, my family always ordered Pizza Hut. He, to my knowledge, isn't sponsored by Pizza Hut, but he's he got now. the Pizza Hut box on the t- You're right. Absolutely right. That man knows branding. But Penny Sewell, it would have made me feel better because he was the top player, the top player at that position, a necessary position on the board at that moment, who I think 15 years from now we say he had the most illustrious career. Does it make you feel any better knowing that were there six offensive linemen in the first round? I'll have to check the numbers. I uh, I think five or six. But out of the ten that people said can start right away, only five of them were taken because the Raiders took someone who's at the back of the list. Boy. So now there's there's linemen there. The Dolphins picked 36 tonight. Dolphins yep. are right off the jump. The Dolphins are in that first they beginning get, of the draft. They can get they it. can get a starting offensive lineman sure. here. Sure. No, they absolutely can. And or they can go in Elijah Moore, like you said. But, I mean, they can – Think about it. They can address the receiver position to protect their quarterback. They can get a starting offensive lineman, an interior guy like the center guard from Alabama, Dickerson. Or they can go, they've already gotten a pass rusher. They can do so many things. They can get a running back. Pick. And then they're back at 50 where they could probably get a You're running right. back at 50 as well. You know what? That does make me feel better about it. You're right. And apparently uh, the Dolphins tried to get back into the first round at 24 and uh, get Najee Harris. Uh, they wanted to get the running back out of Alabama, and it, it did not work out for them. They were unable to get into the first round. If but they want Javante Williams, from all the reports from everybody who knows stuff not like us, that really knows their football, is in that mix with Harris and Etienne, they can get him because all they got to do is offer the Jags to go back just a couple spots. The Jags already got their running back. Yeah. They can say, listen, we're taking a running back. We're not going to impact you. Move back to 36. We'll give you some future draft capital down the road. Like they can get up and go now go get a stud running back too. The Dolphins are in a great spot. And they have two two third rounders. I just I mean second rounders, excuse me. I, I just I'm so I'm so focused on like the the whole package might end up when I sit here on Monday, the whole package might elicit me to say, Hey, that was excellent. Good job, Chris Greer. Good job, Brian Flores. Well done. But right now I'm just having a tough time rationalizing a slot receiver at the number six overall pick. That you gave up an additional first round pick to get back in the position to actually take when Kyle Pitts could have been yours initially at three, or Devonta Smith possibly could have been there for you at 12. But let's go to the 49ers. Because what the 49ers did last night, after weeks and weeks and weeks of speculation, and boy, you want to talk about smoke screens, they, I, I'll give Kyle Shanahan credit, he smoke screened the hell out of everybody, and everyone, I mean, the, at least the majority of media, the majority of analysts of the draft thought Mac Jones was going to San Francisco. Did all this weirdness of him not committing to someone, was that so his fan base didn't get committed to someone? Probably. It, deep in his mind, he was really saying, I want this guy that's in Wisconsin right now to come home to the West Coast. Maybe. Like, let's not fall Maybe. in love with anyone because we really want that guy. Possibly, possibly. But then it also if it was intended or not, temper the expectation uh, for what they actually did, and that's take a quarterback from the FCS level who has just over 300 college snaps under his belt. The least of any quarterback ever taken in the first round, and you take him number three overall. What a risk. What an absolute boy. Kyle Shanahan is on the clock 
in San Francisco yes. with his coaching career. As Chris Coquel would say, he is on the clock because that is one of the biggest risks I can remember at quarterback because there's no sample size for him, especially from a competition standpoint. And then you compound it with the fact that straight up, there's just not a lot of sample size from a pure snap standpoint. They got to live with the fact that there's going to be the Stanford quarterback taken, Trask from the Gators, and other quarterbacks mm-hmm. probably taken that if any of them end up hitting and end up being good quarterbacks, anyone who took quarterbacks is going to say, why didn't you see him no matter what? But then they also have to deal with Mac Jones and Justin Fields being. So it's not like they just picked a quarterback and there was, oh, well, no one knew about this All guy. All eyes are going to be on those other Everyone guys. is known about Justin Fields uh-huh. and Mac Jones' name was out there enough because they put him out there and moved him into that conversation yep. where if either of those two hit, his booty is going to get warm. His seat is hot. They they opted for an FCS guy with just over 300 college snaps over two players that have been featured in the college football playoff. Uh, it is a, a remarkable risk. And to hear the 49ers talk about it and to hear John Lynch talk about it and to hear Kyle Shanahan talk about it, they loved his intelligence. They thought he was the smartest player in the draft, period. That's great. But, brother, this isn't an arithmetic project, okay? This is not a political science sit-down. This is quarterback. Here's the other thing, though. I also heard the Patriots got Mac Jones because he was the smartest on the board. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, it's because he was projected, uh, whether it was misinformation or not, to go to the 49ers, and then he ended up uh, right at Bill Belichick's feet. That's why he's with the Patriots. But I'm saying, like, everybody talks about, oh, well, it's because he's the smartest. The way he answered his questions, like, enough with the coach speak. Yeah. You liked him best because of his film. Let's not pretend mm-hmm. it's anything more than mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And if it's his personality that's winning you over, get fired, please, because you don't deserve it. (laughs) Get fired. 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. 888-760-3776. Your draft takeaways, night number one. You listened to it here on ESPN 106.3. Before we dive in to Aaron Rodgers, I do want to discuss what the Packers did last night. So the Packers spent the day with a whirlwind of media around them. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to come back. Aaron Rodgers is done with the Packers. The Packers are saying, no, 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 it's just a process. We we believe Aaron Rodgers is going to play for us. We're going to work some things out. If you believe all of the reports that were backed up by more reports and then more reports after that, that doesn't seem likely. Like Aaron Rodgers is pretty dead set, feet in the ground, I am not going back to Green Bay. So, as a show of good faith, what do the Packers do? They draft a corner. They go get a corner with receivers on the board. Even maybe a reach with Elijah Moore. They don't do that. They get a corner. So the thing. But we heard a lot of corners' names in this draft, and Eric Stokes wasn't the big one that everybody was drooling over. They didn't try to trade up. They didn't try to trade down. They didn't try to reach for anybody. They just took him. And it's exactly what Aaron Rodgers, it's it's at the core of Aaron Rodgers' primary complaint that I have done everything in my power to drag this team to be competitive every single year, to win a championship, to be MVP at age 37. It all came to a head and erupted like Vesuvius last night. It's all sports radio is talking about. All Coquel and I were talking about at PBKC yesterday when we did our special draft night show at the Paddock Restaurant. And what do the Packers do after all that? 
corner, Eric Stokes. And that is case in point why the Packers can say all they want, that they're committed to Rodgers and they think he's coming back and they'll do what it takes. But Aaron Rodgers is going to have the last say on all of this. Period. Yeah, I mean, and again, there's nothing wrong with Stokes, the corner out of Georgia. We know he's no, fast. I'm sure he's fine. He's fast. Maybe you can get him in a return game, too. I don't even know if he has any interest in that. But, like, unless he's going to line up at receiver like Dion did for a little bit, Rodgers isn't having it. He's got to be gone, right? Aaron Rodgers has to be gone. He's not going to come back. Well, that brings us to this. When we return, the Green Bay Packers say, no big deal. Aaron Rodgers will be here. We feel confident about that. But should they feel confident? Because I'm not sure that QB1, AR12, is in the same boat as the Packers. We've got it jam-packed today. We are full of draft stuff, and we take your calls. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We are brought to you by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.